my advice to many organizations i say well think outside the box think outside the box although you you've got that one track mind just think differently and again it's having that diversity of thought just take that chance it's not a risk just take a chance and often they say they get the two confused risk and chance you're giving someone an opportunity if it doesn't work it doesn't work but then at least you you've taken that step Hello and welcome to Voices with Talking Talent, the podcast that explores the real issues people face in the workplace. This is a space to have the open and brave conversations that inspire change and spark action. We're Talking Talent, and every week we'll be joined by a different guest. Stay tuned for discussions on the issues that business leaders are trying to overcome and what the future looks like for truly diverse and inclusive organizations. Good evening, everyone. And I have to say, I'm absolutely delighted today to be speaking to Donna Fraser. So my name's Donna Herzman. Yes, two Donnas we have with us today. And I'm the host for today's episode of our, and the launch of our new session, our new event. Oh, let me start again. I'm going to start again. I'm going to start again. They'll edit this out. Okay. So hello, everybody. I'm absolutely delighted today to be the host for Talking Talent new podcast series and it's called the power of difference and to that I like to add the power of different voices so I'm absolutely thrilled as the head of diversity equity and inclusion for EMEA here at Talking Talent to be joined today by the wonderful Donna Fraser and yes my name's Donna Herzman her name's Donna Fraser we have two Donnas in the house and I know it's going to be a fantastic session so without further ado, I would like I would like to ask Donna to introduce herself. Hi, Donna. It's always weird saying a Donna to another Donna. So thank you so much for having me on Talking Talent. Really excited about this session. So as you already said, I'm Donna Fraser and I keep getting told off I've got to add the OBE at the end to remind myself I'm still pinching myself. I'm currently the head of inclusion and engagement at Birmingham 2022 who are delivering the Commonwealth Games this year, this summer, so that's going to be exciting and I'm also a former athlete, a four-time Olympian in athletics. So Donna, I do think, a uh, great introduction, but I do think you're probably not saying as much about yourself so the audience can understand or the listeners can understand you know one of the reasons I'm really excited to have you here today I know you won't mind me mentioning this but you're also like a major Olympian is that not true not just one but major and and I and I, I know because you talked about it and you support it you're also a, a breast cancer survivor I am indeed, and I now support Breast Cancer now as one of their ambassadors, which is obviously an experience that I've gone through myself. So if I can share my experience and inspire other women just to check themselves, and not only women, men as well. So um, yeah, that's a, an experience that I will hold dear to my heart. Not a nice experience, but at the same time, if I can give something back, I'm more than happy to do so. Thank you. I think that's that's a lovely sentiment. I like to think that, you know, everybody that I know, we have that at that that in common that our desire to give something back to others and to do more than our day jobs in, in contributing to society but I'm going to start with your experiences uh, as an Olympian because I remember you told me the story once around um, in the race the Sydney Olympics and being a supporter to Cathy Freeman as well as seeking clearly to achieve your own 
aspiration. So I was really wondering kind of what that experience was like. What did that teach you? And how do you kind of take the things you learned into kind of day-to-day life today? Oh my goodness, where do I start? My coach, bless his heart, who passed away in 2015, he was a bit of an eccentric coach. He very much thought outside the box and would explore different ways of coaching, talk to other great coaches around the world just so that I could be his guinea pig almost. (laughs) And um, he didn't actually tell me I'd have this great opportunity of training with the great Kathy Freeman that summer of 2000. It, It was her agent, in fact, who approached me after one of my races um, in in the UK and said oh I hear you're trained with Freeman I can't do a very good Australian accent (laughs) and I said really okay and um, yeah I was over the moon obviously because she was the best in the world at the time and I'm a true believer to be the best you need to surround yourself with the best as well just to to take those learnings and and try and adapt and, and get as much as you possibly can but It was a wonderful experience. And of course, she had the world on her shoulders, Australia on her shoulders, having the games in her home country. She was expected to bring the gold back, hence why she decided to train in the UK that summer leading up to the games. So, um, yeah, training with her was just phenomenal. It made me realise that every athlete is in the same boat. It's who wants to put the effort and time and resilience and the determination, all those buzzwords that we hear on a day-to-day basis in into one go and put it into practice. So yeah, we spoke about everything in training apart from the Olympics. And I think that's what normalized the whole process. It was like another training session, give 110% every time we step foot on the track. And she's just like me, she's, she's a human being, you know, but we often put um, our idols on a pedestal and think, oh my goodness, you know, they're they're not human but in fact they are you know they they have to sleep they eat they they go to the toilet just just like we do um but again going back to what I said earlier it's how much effort and determination you want to to get to that end goal and yeah I I didn't realize how fast I was getting through each training I just was trying to give my best shot and didn't want to embarrass my coach more so that you know I'd had this great opportunity and just lagging behind and not being a team player so we I knew Kathy Freeman years before as a junior but having this opportunity was I, I wouldn't change a thing oh that's excellent because often you know in the work I do you know, I try to encourage people to take these opportunities that, you know, when they're presented with them. And often you end up having a big conversation around the risks of taking them, the downsides of taking them. And so did you find it was quite easy for you to see the opportunity that lay uh, ahead of you and then to grasp it with both hands? And let's say, what was it you told yourself to be able to, to push through any doubts that you might have? Oh, absolutely. I'd say it wasn't so much an easy choice. My coach told me I was doing it and you listen to your coach. But, you know, my approach to the training was just give everything I've got in every single training session because I knew what I was aiming for. And that was to get to the Olympic Games and hopefully get a medal. I say hopefully because that was the mindset. And I do think that that's where I went wrong. I should have said I'm going to Olympics to get a medal. It was always I'll try or I hope to. And although I was given 110 percent, that mindset plays a huge percentage in, in terms of performance. 
but in terms of going there and training it, it wasn't a difficult task it was just getting through the training sessions each time was the hard bit to be honest um but the whole training sessions that we did was very similar to what i did before but the levels just rose it was on a different level altogether i mean i'd never put my body through that at all but as i said the main focus was to get to an olympic games do better than i did four years previously where i just got to the quarterfinals and then just give it you know keep beating my times every training session that was my focus and not look too far afield because we can often do that look too far ahead rather than taking those little stepping stones bit by bit now, i think that's a great insight because i think one of the things especially as we're all living with covid is that there's i think there's been a great appreciation to kind of live in the moment stay in the moment and really look at what you're trying to achieve or what you are achieving, taking your word about positive, the importance of positive language, what you are achieving day, you know, day to day, which kind of takes me to my interest around the Commonwealth Games. I mean, hopefully you saw my LinkedIn profile, I applied for tickets, I didn't get them. So I'll be watching them on the television along with I'm sure millions, millions of other people, you know, because it's a really prestigious sporting competition. It comes to our shores, you know, you know, in a time when connecting has felt so difficult person to person so i'm really interested in how you know what you can share with how the preparations are going and above all why you think diversity and inclusion is a, such an important part of the game's strategic intent Oh, definitely. So um, Birmingham 2022 stepped in when Durban pulled out because it was originally going to be in South Africa. So in terms of the delivery time, we've had less than any other games previously, but we are on target. We are on budget. Um, there is what comes with that when you have a games in terms of less years to deliver comes pressure. So we are definitely seeing that since the January onwards, it's just been on a rat race. You know, the pace has really ramped up in terms of what we're doing as an organizing committee. But our insight in terms of what we want to deliver as a games, it's we're saying it's the games for everyone. And even from my perspective as an athlete, I always knew the Commonwealth Games as being the friendly games. And it is completely different from an athlete's perspective to an Olympic Games. I don't know why, but I always felt quite homely and it was that family atmosphere, even amongst athletes. Uh, and I've been to four Olympic, four, four Olympic Games, but, but three Commonwealth Games, and they're completely different. But for us at Birmingham 2022, ED&I is absolutely at the core. It's the first Games where we've had this role as Head of Inclusion and Engagement in place. We've also got Safeguarding, a Safeguarding Lead, the first of its kind. So they've really taken this the bull by the horns and said, you know this matters to us and we are saying that it is the games for everyone where games will be accessible and inclusive so that piece of work is just integral in terms of all the delivery plans that the organizing committee functional areas the departments as it were in in, in layman's terms will be <laughs> delivering the edi is not a standalone entity it has to be weaved into everything that they're doing and how so what will success look like you know, so you're integrating that, you know, and everybody always says, because it's always the key question, what does success look like? What should we be measuring? You know, so what will success look like, you know, when we're watching the Commonwealth Games in the summer? You know. that, that's such a good question Donna because that's the same question I was asked in my interview and I said you know what what success will look like for me is what 
the community say and what the people say and the experience they've had at the games, whether you're a spectator, a volunteer, someone who's working here at the organising committee. Yes, we hope to fill every single seat at every single competition, but it's the experience, that spectator experience, that official experience that will be, that's what success will look like. If they've not had a good time, then we failed as an organising committee. I think that's great insight. You know, it's really funny because I had the same conversation today that it doesn't really matter what I think. I always, you know, I'll have an opinion, as you know, I'll, I'll have an opinion. If you ask me my thoughts, I'll share them. But what's really important is the impact and how other people are receiving the services you're designing, your intent, and whether or not it's landing in the right way. And there'll be, you know, ups and downs in that journey. But ultimately, it's what is the end experience like? And often it feels like people are looking for immediate gratification when we all, both you and I know that actually, you know, EDI or DEI, but the initials are the same, but in another order, that, you know, to really make change happen takes time and change is often down to how each and every one of us experiences absolutely and that that's the i mean again just going on from that point this is why the legacy is just so important because this time next year us as an organizing committee will not exist but it's what we leave behind that will be you know a true testament of how successful the games will be so the legacy part of our delivery is just as important as just delivering the games and i think you know because I, I had the opportunity to go to the olympic games 20 uh, 2012 when they were in they were in london and it's not till you go that you can you can feel the atmosphere and it almost it lays itself on you and you know you feel it. and we went to something really obscure a friend of us bought us some tickets as a thank you for some you know some support we'd given them and we ended up going to weightlifting which i've got to tell you i didn't think i would enjoy it it was fantastic the atmosphere was great you, you know you were cheering on everybody regardless of the the country they came from because you just really wanted to see them yeah you know you know do their best but give of their best and know that no matter the outcome that they spent that time and effort you know which kind of takes me to my next question because one of the things that I, um, I've, I've become more alert to but that says you know because I spent some time working with English athletics uh the oh, got, yeah this year and last year how quickly does time fly I know it's scary oh it's, it's really really scary you know I was really struck by you know, one of the things that came that came to the forefront, which was this concept of imposter syndrome and how that can really influence you. I must admit, I never thought imposter syndrome would be something that I would see related to sports. And yet, you know, I spent time with, you know, sports people, you know, from all walks of the sporting life, because it's more than just sports people, you know, it's everyone that supports them, etc. cetera. Mm. And imposter syndrome was like a central facet of the discussion they wanted to have. So really quite interested in, you know, given this challenge on DEI and trying to encourage people to be their best that they can be, how do we, how can we help people overcome this issue of imposter syndrome? Well, I mean, thank you as well, Donna, for, for supporting England Athletics. And it's these kinds of conversations we need to continue to have. I always say that, you know, if you look back 20 or 30 years, things have changed so much in this space, but we've still got a long way to go. And sessions and workshops around female leadership is just so key. And that is one of the topics that we hear about, that imposter syndrome, the lack of confidence, all of the those factors that can stop individuals moving forward but this is where sport can really bring it together and 
in world athletics, for example, are really, really keen to support female leadership and get more females into those top roles within athletics. Obviously, I can only speak for athletics. I'm not sure about other sports, but I know sports are really focused on DNI, and DNI seems to be the hot topic at the moment. Over the last few years, you know, everyone's talking about DNI, but what does that truly mean? And you and myself have been in this world of DNI for a number of years, and we can see the the pigeon steps that are being made. We should be going leaps and bounds, but at least we're having the conversation and more of that needs to happen, especially in organizations authentically and not be a, a tick box exercise because it, at the end of the day, we're dealing with human beings and their personal experiences. And for me, if we can create that platform to help shape them moving forward and help support them, that's our role almost done. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I really love those, you know, those sentiments. I think conversations, conversations are really quite critical and conversations where we listen to each other as opposed to listen to be ready to respond, which is often the case. You know, people are so quick to tell you it must be your problem or start questioning your lived experience that, you know, rarely do people say, what did it make you feel like? What was the impact on you? So I think the beauty of these conversations is you can get beyond the let me tell you my story and you can really get into and how did those things impact on you and as a result of the impact what you what did you then do you know because I think it's only when you go down that path we begin to truly understand that words words make a difference because I think we often we often think they don't but they do Mm -hmm. Uh, but one of the things that also struck me this year in particular um, I, you know, and again, I don't know if it's true for athletics, was that one of the concerns is that the grassroots, so, you know, where people first get that first exposure to uh, any sport, but especially things like athletics, that a lot of the grassroots uh, building blocks have been affected exponentially more so than other areas by the impact of the pandemic. And I wondered if you kind of were seeing that kind of impact in the sporting world and if so do you think there's a parallel in the business world absolutely I always say in anything that the those lessons learned and experiences in sport mirror what can happen in business and I always say to athletes that I speak to you've got so many transferable skills that you use as an athlete that you can transfer into the world of business but going back to your point around the pandemic I think the pandemic really taught us a lot Um, unfortunately grassroots sport did suffer somewhat and even elite sport did because you know venues were not open which then could have led to a well it has led to a lot of mental health issues so that whole dni conversation actually elevated almost you know how are we looking after each other that connectivity and support really came to the forefront but i think for me you know we got to use that as a positive Uh, i know that unfortunately some people lost family friends through this whole pandemic but it certainly brought people together and really looking out for one another and that's what DNI is it's, it's seeing difference and how people react to certain situations and how can you support them moving forward but yeah I think you know and I'll go back to um, Nelson Mandela's uh, quote that he says sport has the power to change the world and it certainly does I mean 
the, the Commonwealth Games will be the first major competition in this country that hopefully, fingers crossed, will have spectators and it will bring people together. And, you know, you've used the Olympics as an example that how you felt. Unfortunately, you haven't got tickets this time around. But there again, there's another opportunity for you to get involved, whether that's watching on TV or getting out in the street and watching the marathon. Who knows? But you can still feel included in this. And that's what sport brings. And, and so you think that's something we could also sit make sure comes through in business oh gosh yeah and let's say what do you think we can do is you know when we're in the business world to help drive that what feels like a feeling actually that create a feeling where people feel not only that they belong but that they feel, feel included and able to actually to celebrate other people's success which is what I'm hearing you talk about definitely I think that the best example I can give from an athlete to where I am now is a relay team now there's four of us in a relay team not all of us may have done well or even done an individual competition prior to that but we come together to perform well and hopefully I say I use hopefully all the time don't I get a, that gold medal so if you transfer that into the world of business you have teams you have departments pretty much like where I am now at the Commonwealth Games we are we will have different departments delivering something our end goal is to give the best Commonwealth Games therefore we need to work together we need to share that baton we need to row together in sync to make sure that that we deliver come this summer so absolutely the, the mindset and our approach in sport is exactly the same and as you mentioned that sense of belonging but being included in the decision making understanding that conversation piece of course me and my coach for example would have our differences but we'd always have that conversation some of them tougher than others but we were honest with, with each other and that's what you also need in business that open and honest conversation because otherwise as my coach would always say to me, Donna, if you keep doing the same thing and expect a different result, that's not going to happen. So it's the same thing in business. You have to sometimes navigate your way through to get a good result that you want at the end of the day. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the things that you said, you know, the pandemic's really shown huge, I suppose, huge light on parts of our life, which have now coming together. And I see it a lot in the business world. And one of those areas is around this issue of well-being mm. and I remember I can still remember when I first first met you you know when we first turned up for the first ever judging session for Black British Business Awards and people kept referring to Donna and both of us would turn around at the same time and so we got to know each other and you were you know you were very open with me you, you spoke a bit around your your breast cancer challenge and, and the reason I uh, I want to talk about it now is now I'm really interested in the kind of support you had. So I remember you telling me about the support, you know, because we're finding with well-being still being top of the agenda, there is a real concern as we be get people keep saying, you know, the pandemic's behind us, that we're going to forget around this importance of, of well-being. You know, so you know, anything that you can share with me and, and the listeners, I'd be extremely grateful. Oh, definitely. So, I mean, for me, with that pandemic, what I was finding was exercise was my go-to, even though I, I do it regularly. But it's that mental and physical side of things that I think people started to realise the impact of being stuck indoors and being told that you had to stay indoors and how just going out for a walk. I mean, the influx of people walking in parks just went through the roof. But well-being is key in the workplace. You've got to have that emotional well-being in the workplace. You need that support network 
work with the the example you've given through my breast cancer journey it wasn't just the care nurse it wasn't just the surgeon it was my family it was my friends it was my colleagues at work although I didn't tell them until later on in the day simply because I just wanted to get on I just wanted them to see Donna not oh wrap me in cotton wool and oh are you okay because that's not the kind of person I am that everyone is different but that's how I dealt with it just be as normal as you possibly can I'll just deal with it because it's something that I can't change we're in this this situation I just have to do what I need to do but support network through any tough time whether it's at work or at home is just so so important and what the term I tend to use is the team behind the team I had a team behind me that was when I was an athlete when I was going through my breast cancer journey I have a team here you, know, you need that that comfort pillow almost to either push you support you or drag you forward to, to succeed so it's absolutely important and yet I always say leadership play a huge role in this in setting that scene and that tone from the outset and creating that culture of your well-being matters you matter as an individual everyone has difference not everyone is the same but leadership have to create that set that tone and create that environment that everyone can bring as we say their whole selves to work I, I, yeah, I, and I totally agree with those those sentiments. But one of the things that really struck me about what you said was, you know, you decided when you were going to tell people. And often, I think what gets lost in the narrative, especially in the DNI space, is there's an expectation that if you get invited to have a conversation or to participate or share part of your life story, that you know you have to share everything there and then. And I like to think, and I would encourage people to think, you know, you have to give people freedom of choice for them to decide when it's right for them so I'm, I'm glad you re really make the point because it's quite subtle but it's I, I find it can really uh, lead to a miss um, connectivity because on one hand someone goes I've invited you to speak and you go okay well this is what I want to talk about and what they want is to hear so much more without necessarily appreciating that sharing those shared. most sensitive parts of your life can actually create you know result in you kind of reliving trauma absolutely and 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 this is where i think organizations play a huge role if you create that culture and that platform that people can come forward and give as little or as much as they want to then at least they they feel comfortable doing that but allow people to feel comfortable and and that doesn't isn't always the case you know with my coach he thought that i'd tell him everything and i did tell him everything but <laughs> Yeah, if he didn't, if he didn't allow me to do that, then I would have probably just hid away in the corner. We wouldn't have had that honest relationship that we did have because he knew me better than I knew myself half the time. And that's that whole emotional intelligence piece as well, knowing your team, understanding, oh, well, that person's shy maybe they're better over here and understanding where they fit better and, and where they can thrive. And I think, you know, that's, that takes me to this point of, kind of in, you know, culture, because, you know, often I hear people, because in their minds, they've got what they think is the perfect type of person. And therefore what they're looking at people, they're looking to see whether or not they fit within the parameters that they've predetermined for themselves. And I wonder actually if that could end up with us under-recognising the sheer volume of talent that people have within them because we are blinded by our own expectations to what talent looks like feels like sounds like in any given moment and you know one of the things that strikes me around sport for instance is you know the work that's done at community level 
where often people are shaping themselves, wondering where they're going. And I wonder if, you know, I'm seeing a, a move for more organisations to spend time at community level to begin to influence them. So, you know, again, what do you think, you know, we in, in business can learn from sports where community kind of tends to be the heart of where many of sporting people start? Yeah, definitely. I think you, you've hit the nail right on the head. Community is at the heart of it. So that whole corporate social responsibility piece, get out there and really hear those lived experiences because we can often, when you're in an organisation, live in your organisation bubble, can't you, and forget what's really going on in the ground. Um, here we've got a community engagement team at the moment and, and they're working so hard getting into the heart of the communities to understand what the games will bring for them and what the benefits there are and also really understand the challenges communities are going through because it's easy to sit in the ivory tower and say right these are our goals as an organization but is that quite landing and understood out in the communities that you're trying to serve and engage with? That's the question mark. So my advice to many organisations, I say, well, think outside the box, think outside the box. Although you've, you've got that one track mind, just think differently. And again, it's having that diversity of thought. Just take that chance. It's not a risk. Just take a chance. And often they say they get the two confused risk and chance you're giving someone an opportunity if it doesn't work it doesn't work but then at least you, you've taken that step and I think because I think it's quite easy to assume that the payback's going to be instant but sometimes actually the payback happens sometime significantly later in life and I've heard stories you know both from you and I you know and I'll share some of my stories with you as well where kind of an intervention no matter how small pay dividends later on because what they did was plant the seeds in me and in you about actually our ability to go beyond anybody's views of us because actually nobody understood what our ability was including ourselves and it's a journey of of discovery so you know sitting where you are today I guess you know I'm going to ask you an awful horrible question you know if we were to look forward you know in five years time ideally what would you want us to be saying around about the 2022 commonwealth game oh my gosh that it was the best commonwealth games i've ever attended ever watched that's it that's all i i'm asking for it's it's not much but i think anyone who will be engaged with the commonwealth games would have seen other commonwealth games and if I'd like to say, well, I know it's a simple fact is we are that we've got many firsts. And when we're thinking through an EDI lens, we are the first to have more medals for women than men. We have the first uh, women's cricket taking place. So that huge focus on gender equality is really coming through. We've got para integration uh, uh, agenda for sport, which is the, the first a fully integrated program. So there's a number of firsts and I hope people will pick up on that. So there is that golden thread of EDI without even saying flashing lights EDI that is is flowing through the Commonwealth Games but yeah in, in answer to your question I would like to hear that was the best Commonwealth Games that I've seen or watched or been to I think what strikes me and I've got one a final question what strikes me and <laughs> what you just said because I didn't know that I didn't you know that even now in a society where we're saying we're striving for uh, equity and equality that actually some of those opportunities are quite low hanging I mean you know for instance that we've got the first kind of women's cricket where and yet we've got you know we're in the UK we've got a, a women's English cricket team that's known for how good it is 
and it, this is the first time it's, it's yeah, integrating the Commonwealth Games. So that shows, isn't it, to me what it's highlighted for me because I, I didn't I didn't know that. What it's highlighted for me is that we have got what I'd call low hanging fruit, and really sometimes as well as focusing on the big strategic intent, we have to ask ourselves why aren't we executing on these things that are really easy for us to execute on because when we do that we're creating opportunity for people yet to come because they're seeing people doing the, the very kind of things that either they want to do or they didn't know they were capable of doing and being able to turn up and shine at the commonwealth games and how inspirational will that be and to quote because i'm also a great nelson mandela lover you know he talks about if you, you know when you shine your light you give permission others to shine theirs shine theirs yeah. too so as you know as we come to the close of the uh, podcast I, i've got one final question to you donna and my you know, favorite ice cream flavor no it's not going to i know you'd like me to ask that but i'm not going to no. do that uh you know we'd be talking about it feels like we're talking about a society about equality and equity but more equality less about equity but i see i see equity coming to its fore and rightly so right now because I actually believe you can't have equality without equity. Without equity, yeah. You know, what, what is it that we can do in business to learn from the sporting world? And also, what can we, as part of society, which is what we are ultimately at the end of the day, what can we do as a society? What can we take from the sporting world and adapt and adopt to help drive forward greater inclusion for all? I'm going to just say one word create those opportunities it's about opportunity um, I often say if opportunity doesn't not make your own door but I know from an athletics perspective or an athlete's perspective if I wasn't given that opportunity to train with Kathy Freeman that summer I probably wouldn't have made the, uh, the Olympic final and you've got to grasp it with with open arms the person who's been given that opportunity but the opportunities need to be put there in front of you and I've said it already in terms of taking the chance thinking outside the box and just taking the chance let me do something different because you keep doing the same thing you're going to get the same result yeah and I think you know what I love though about that statement is again this how really having the opportunity to be with someone who clearly inspired you as Kathy Freeman did also helps you actually to push your boundaries in ways that you wouldn't have otherwise known but you're absolutely right if you're not people aren't given the opportunity then they will never know just how far they can truly go. Definitely. And, you know, and I think that's going to be our takeaway from today, provide people opportunities so they can truly explore how far they truly can go. Yeah. And so with, you know, with that as our final takeaway, I'd like to thank you, Donna, for spending thank time you. with me today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I could carry on speaking forever we? in a day, <laughs> you know, and, um, and I hope at some point in the future, you'd be happy to come back and speak to us again after the Commonwealth Games have happened, because it will be great to see, uh, to get your reflections. Yeah. Uh, so that ends today's show. Thank you, Donna Fraser, OBE. Donna Fraser, OBE, for joining Thank me you. today. Thanks so much, Donna. I love speaking with you. Yeah, I love speaking to you too. Thank you for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by Talking Talent. We're a coaching organization that helps you develop, advance, and retain your talent. Together, we can create a more inclusive culture where your people and your organization can thrive. You can visit us online at talking-talent.com. That's talking-talent.com. If you liked what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review.
Thank you.